It's getting hot down here. That's the weather, of course, not the real estate market. For the first time since I've been doing these videos last four years, we're starting to see quite the cool down in the real estate market. Where do you think it's going to show up? Where do you think it's going to go? Stick tuned to this video to find out. I'm John Barr with An Investor's Journey, bringing you the best tips, tricks, and strategies to help you succeed in real estate the right way. In this channel, we go over everything that's working in our business and some of the things that are not. And in this video, we're going to go over all four major markets of Texas and show you where the economy currently sits as far as real estate goes. So without further ado, let's get right into it. All right, let's go ahead and get started with the capital city of Austin. For our numbers overview, the building permits issued for the month of May was 1,913 for the single family permits, and that's a 16.9% decrease year over year. Two to four units was at 59 permits. That's a 23.4% decrease year over year. And something interesting for all you multifamily investors out there, builders, developers, that for the apartment complexes, there was 2,680 Permits issue, which is a 43.7% increase year over year. So something very interesting to watch, see if that continues. Average sales price was $683,195, and that is a 16.8% increase year over year. Median sales price is at $575,000, and that is a 21.1% increase year over year. Total sales is at 3892 and that is a 6.6% .6 decrease from this time last year. Employment is up to 1.3 million, and that is a 5.5% increase year over year. Total jobs lost from the previous month is at 3,471. Not too concerned about a small job like, loss like that, considering we're at an unemployment level of 2.69, which is actually over consider over what they consider full employment on the uh, Federal Reserve, and that is a 0.17% increase from the previous month. So nothing I'm too concerned about right now, but those are numbers that we are going to continuously watch almost religiously to try to determine which way this market is going to go. Months of inventory is sitting at 1.79 and that is a 0.76 month increase from the previous month. And June of 21 was at 0.54. So I want to talk a little bit about months of inventory and why that number is so important. Right now, typically in the summertime, months of inventory usually drops to its lowest levels because the people are moving around about the country. Well, the difference is right now is we have this massively uh, spike in interest rates, which has pushed a lot of people out of the market, and it is starting to create a cool down. I'm not yet too concerned about it, considering we are starting at such, uh, such abysmal low inventory numbers, but it's something we want to continue to watch. Your balance market, where they say between that that uh, inventory or supply and demand sits around like four to five, four and a half to five and a half months. Well, we were all the way down to 0.5 this time last year in the city of Austin, and we're still only at 1.79. So we got a lot of room to grow before we consider it tipping back into a balance market and even further to go into what we consider a, uh, a sell-off or a buyer's market where the buyer has more demand than the seller. So right now we're still in an extremely strong seller's market, but it is softening and it is cooling. So for you investors that are really want to take big risks, expecting for massive appreciation in just the next six months, I might rethink that strategy a little bit and tighten up your buying criteria. So let's take a look at the median sales uh, plotted over time. So now what you're really seeing here, I mean, 
besides the last big spike that we got there in the after the post pandemic kind of stuff uh, is your real estate cycles where it typically goes up in the summer down in the winter up in the summer and down in the winter and it kind of get a little bump right around there on christmas time everybody trying to buy a house for christmas um and you can really see what lowering of the interest rates and everything really did and what these ultra low inventory months really did over the course of this last uh two years and it just took prices absolutely through the roof so that's why everyone's talking about right now is like what these interest rates can those the real estate prices sustain these rising interest rates and these higher prices uh for everything because you got to remember for every one percent that a mortgage increases it makes that mortgage payment 12 percent more expensive we're up over two months two percent from just a few months ago so that mortgages are now that house on a payment basis for a mortgage is 24 percent more expensive so that's just something to kind of keep in mind as we continue to move into this uh uncharted waters with the real estate market. So another metric that we track most religiously is the year-over-year -year appreciation. And the reason I started doing this is I wanted to know how much year-over-year -year these houses are really starting to appreciate so I can track these over time as things change in the market, whether it be more inventory or it happens to be uh, rising interest rates or whatever it may be. I want to know the year-over-year -year appreciation rate. And normally you can see that we were sitting around in Austin uh, around like the 7-8% mark and we actually dipped negative there in 2019 when they started rising interest rates um, the last time. So now that we've got this huge boom in uh, lowering of real estate price or rate interest rates, which has directly affected the price of real estate, as you can see, uh, the Austin got all the way up to 42, 44.5% year over year appreciation, which is absolutely insane. And now you're starting to see it really kind of start to taper off. And this is something I'm going to continue to watch over the time, especially because I don't think these interest rates have really hit the housing market that hard just yet because of our inventory levels are still so low and people still need housing. So it's going to be very interesting to see how you get that double whammy of rising prices and rising interest rates at the same time to see how well this can sustain over time. But this is exactly why the Federal Reserve raising interest rates, excuse me, is because they have to slow this down. Down as prices cannot continue to rise like this. Otherwise, they'll never be able to raise interest rates again without crashing massive parts of the real estate market. All right, let's take a look at the inventory levers by price range. And what we're seeing here is I've chopped up the market by $50,000 increments. So you can really see how that big inventory number uh, spreads out across the spectrum of home prices. And what you're going to want to use this data for is really determine when you're looking to buy a house, underwrite a house, what is the inventory level of not just the city or the specific area, but also the price range is why we track this stuff. So for us, we love to stay in that entry level price point. And for Austin, I would consider that anything basically in the $300,000 to $500,000 price point, because that is where the lowest months of inventory and typically the highest sales volume really kind of occur. And we do this exact same thing here in San Antonio, which I'll talk about on a later slide. Now we're off the DFW, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. The building permits issued for the month of May were at 4,047, which is an 18.7% decrease from this time last year. Two to four units at 164, which is a 6.3% decrease year over year. And just like Austin and every other metro, the multifamily space is really aggressively uh issuing permits and we were at 2034 which is a 15.4 percent increase year over year 
Average sales price is up 20.24% to $4,039,795. Median sales price is up 22.2% to $405,000. Total sales is sitting at $9,888, and that is a 0.96% increase year over year. Unemployment is just over $4.1 million, and that is a 6.59% increase from this time last year, which is fantastic news. A little bit disconcerting that they lost 15,000 jobs from the previous month, but unemployment is still sitting at 3.3, which is what I think the Federal Reserve uh, quote-unquote calls full employment. And that is a 0.18% increase from the previous month. Months of inventory, we are up to 1.37. And that is a 0.45 month increase from the previous month. Just for retrospect, that June of 21 was at 0.72. So I know people skip around to the city that they're going for. And I went over this section in Austin. I want to kind of give a little break after each city of months of inventory, why this is so important. Months of inventory is used as a rate of consumption of uh, the market. And are we in a buyer's and seller's market? So a balanced market between buyer and seller, supply and demand sits somewhere between four and a half to five and a half months of inventory, depending on who you listen to. And when I say months of inventory, it means if the same rate of consumption of homes from the previous month continues how fast would it take for them to consume all of the market the housing on the open market and right now we're sitting at 1.37 for uh dallas that means in 1.37 months all the inventory would be sold this time last year we were at 0.72 now it's very uncommon for inventory to rise in the summertime because people are moving around this is typically what inventory falls to its lowest levels but we are now rising like this i just said we were up 0.45 so almost a half month inventory from from the previous month. So that shows that the market is definitely cooling off and it is having a negative reaction to these rising interest rates. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I said, median price is four and a half to five and a half months of inventory. Us sitting at still sub um, one and a half months of inventory means we're still in a very strong seller's market and the sellers have more negotiating power than the buyers. Not as strong as we were in the previous months, but still an extremely strong seller's market. So we're not saying a crash is coming, but the market is definitely softening, but we're just not as hot as we were still blazing hot by historical standards, but we are not as hot as we typically were. So this is why we are going to continue to watch this information to see how it develops over time and into the coming months or into the next year. All right, let's move on to the median sales price. We're going back to June, 2010. And what you're really seeing here is this up and down, up and down motion. And that is our sales cycles for real estate and all major metros follow the same trend to where they go up in the summer, down in the winter, up in the summer, down in the winter, and an upward trajectory to the right. And a little bit of a bumpiness near uh, January, December, January timeframe of people trying to buy houses before years end. Now that caveat to that is like this last couple of years, you can exactly see what COVID has done where it's just kind of skipped the winter season, went flat and just keep rocketing right up. And you can see how much that has really affected. But I want you to kind of take a close look of about mid 2018 to uh, April 2020. You can really see if you drew a straight line of what the direction was, it kind of really dipped down there in 2018 and 19. And the next thing I want to show you is what I think could potentially happen with these rising interest rates.
So take a look at that same time frame of 2018 right up into the pandemic, and you can really see how the market in the overall year-over-year appreciation really slowed down. And what happened during that time frame was the last time that the Federal Reserve was hiking interest rates trying to slow the economy down. So it had a direct effect on real estate, which is what we are I'm anticipating to see now. And what I think actually needs to happen with real estate prices is the payments do need to go up, interest rates do need to rise to level out this market because it's a very dangerous thing for real estate to get that hot that fast because when appreciation does stop and they do rise interest rates enough and if they have to raise two, three, four percent at a time, that's really going to hit our market and could potentially crash it. But right now they're trying to slowly slow it down and start applying the break and not so much the emergency break to the economy so they don't crash it. So just kind of keep that in mind as we're going through this and as we kind of transition from these last couple of years into what a more traditional real estate market market should look like. So now let's take a look at the breakdown of inventory by price range. So on this, what I got here is I basically have the entire market broken broken down by $50,000 sales increments. So people can really see where the inventory is and where there's high inventory and low inventory. And as you can see that it's really separated out on kind of left side to the right side, where we use this information is in our market here in San Antonio, we want to target where the most in-demand housing is and where the most sales volume is. And I bet if you were able to break down the sales volume of DFW by price range, the bulk of it would be right there where the most affordable housing is. In Dallas, it looks like it's right there between like 200, 250 to 500 to 550. And we use this stuff as the inventory levels, not just saying like, hey, the entire area is good because uh, all price ranges, the entire and no matter what it is, there's really low inventory. That's not true. That basically, if you break this stuff down, you'll see that, hey, the bulk of the demand is in the lower price point, more affordable homes, which is exactly why we invest there and continue to invest there and watch this information because we want to see where the price ranges definitely shift. We're data-driven investors. We're not emotional about it. If this were to change where, hey, higher level stuff was more in demand and low level was oversupplied, we'd probably switch our strategy over to that. But that's why you have to watch this information. Now let's head over to H-Town, Houston, Texas. Building permits for the month of May were at 4,652, which is a 6% decrease from this time last year. Two to four units was at 112. That's a 24.4% increase year over year. Nothing really surprising because that's a pretty low number. Now, just like the last two markets and in San Antonio as well, the multifamily space was up to 1,405, which is a 226% increase year over year. So all you apartment syndicators and people out there inventory is coming to the market and that is something that I would continue to watch if I was in the multifamily space. Average sales price is at 367,000 which is a 15.23% increase year over year. Median sales price is up again at 16.1 to 353,000. Total sales is sitting at 9,622 and that is a 1.67% increase year over year. Employment is sitting at just over 3.3 million and that is a just shy of 5% increase year over year. So employment is looking good. And we gained, uh, Houston gained 17,576 jobs from the previous month. Unemployment, still a little high when you compare it to some of the other markets in Texas at 4 
0.27, and that's a 0.12% increase from the previous month. Not too concerning uh, with inventory rising, considering they gained jobs from the last month. It means they just gained a lot of population more than they did jobs. Uh, so that is still not that concerning. Now, if I was to see that start rising 1-2% again, and or continue to rise month over month over month, I would start be concerning what that's going to do to our overall market. Now, month's inventory is at a 1.64, and that is a 0.22 month increased increase from the previous month. Just for retrospect, June of 21 was at 1.2 months. So let's took, take a look at the median sales prices going back to, all the way to June of 2010. And what you're really seeing here is our real estate cycles where it typically goes up in the summer, down in the winter, up in the summer, down in the winter, and then you get that little squiggly line there around the January, December, or December, January timeframe, and that's the people trying to buy houses before the end of the year. So you get a little bit of rush right there at the end. And you can really see that it's usually upwards, um, going up a little bit every single year, kind of flatlined a little bit right down to 2018, 19, and into the pandemic when prices just took off through the roof. So that's something that I expect to see start to be the norm again. How long is that? going to take? I have no idea, but that is what your standard real estate market cycle looks like, which we have not had for two years. So it's something that I'm going to continue to watch and I expect to happen. So stay tuned every single month so we can see when that's going to start to realize in the data. Something else I also check is the year over year appreciation from June, 2011 to 2022. And the reason I do this is I really want to see how the market is changing based on all the other factors. Because right now, appreciation is still through the roof, as you can see, based on historical standards. It really wasn't like this uh, ever before, before coming out, since coming out of the last real estate or, or the last real estate debacle of 2008, 9, and 10, where things really bottomed out around 2011, 12, and they started to take off from there. So it's something that I want to track over time to see how the market performs and how it's really absorbing based on historical information with these ever-changing real estate market. So now let's take a look at Houston broken down by price range. And what I've done here is I broke up the entire market into $50,000 increments. So what we can really do is determine where is the most in-demand housing and where should you be targeting market based on that data like I told you about that month's inventory. And we really use this information in San Antonio to do exactly that. Is I want to know where the most in-demand housing in is and I can pretty much tell you just from doing San Antonio that it's usually coincides right along with where's the most uh, sales volume is as well. So that is why we want to target that stuff there is like where's the biggest buyer demand for housing and you can really see in here in Houston it's about that two hundred to four hundred thousand dollar price point of where the most lowest months of inventory is showing the most demand. So when you couple low inventory and high demand that usually means that you're still getting appreciation and there's more buyers trying to buy those houses and then there are sellers. So it's a great place to invest. And we're data-driven investors. These aren't emotions. We don't want to do entry-level housing just because it's entry-level housing. We do it because the inventory and the data shows that that's the best place to do the investing to get the most buyer demand to fill that in. And why I track that stuff so religiously is I want to know in shifting markets, where is the demand shifting? And you go back to this last one I did three months ago, over the first quarter, and you can really see that how this inventory has shifted and changed, and it's mainly changed the biggest on the higher price point stuff, which is why I track this stuff and why we don't invest there. If it flip-flopped where there was more in-demand housing for high inventories or high-priced homes, we'd probably switch to that. But it's something that we continue to watch as uh, the market changes and continues to move forward.
So now off to my hometown of San Antonio. And now this is going to look a little different because I put this out every single month versus every quarter, uh, like for the entire state. So I just want more information about it. And it's easier to get versus all the other metros. So building permits issued was a 23.6% decrease of single family homes to 1,064, two to four units at 24, which is a 140% increase. Now I got a little bit of a typo here because I don't think you can decline by over a hundred percent, but we went up 1,210 permits for multifamily stuff. Now something's very interesting across all the markets where we saw decreases in single family residential permits, but massive increases, triple digits, quadruple digit increases in the number of permits that were issued for multifamily housing. So that's something I would really be watching if I was in the multifamily space. Like I know some of our audience is average sales price is at $394,612, which is a 17.8% increase from this time last year. Median sales price is at 337,000, which is still up 20.4% increase year over year. So even in this rising interest rates environments, our median prices and average prices are still significantly higher than they were this time last year. So to plot the median sales prices going back to 2010, you can really see what our normal sales cycles look like. And I say normal because it will eventually revert back to this. But we don't know when that's actually going to happen. As you can see, these last two years, are um, the median sales price has just been through the roof, skipping wintertime, and just going right into summertime, constantly rising. But the reason I watch this stuff is it cannot continue to rise like that because the longer these prices continue to increase like this, the harder it is going to be for the Federal Reserve to bring the pricing appreciation down without overall correct crashing the market and keeping inflation in check. So keep this in mind that this is what it normally looks like. It goes up in the summer, down in the wintertime, a little bit of price increase right around the November, December, January timeframe, people trying to get into new housing. But it, overall, generally, it goes up a little bit every single month. Given this last couple months, it's just been through the roof. So it's something I'm going to continue to watch and see how this plays out over the next coming months to a year while we get this situation under control as far as inflation goes. Now, right alongside the median sales price, you get the year-over-year -year appreciation going back to June 2011. And why I like to try track this stuff is I want to see what the long-term trend for appreciation really is doing and what where it might be heading. As you can see, we've had extremely high appreciation for these last couple of years, but what our normal historical stuff has been. So that is the numbers I am expecting this to get back down to. I don't expect it to exactly crash unless something drastic happens in the market and the Federal Reserve has to keep raising interest rates to get inflation under control. But this is what our normal of appreciation typically looks like on a year over year basis. So something I'm going to continue to watch to see how this really tracks over time. So total sales for San Antonio is at 3,058, which is a 2.4% decrease year over year. Average rents up 12.2% to $18.49 a month. So that is very good news for us landlords out there because with these price appreciation comes higher taxes and that information does have to get passed down onto the tenants. While I feel for the tenants, it does suck because we, but we do have to have that income to come in, offset that. And you can see it's 20% year-over-year -year appreciation, which they mean could raise your taxes 20%, but the rental price is only up 12. So the investors are taking some of this uh, brunt of these rising prices, but it is good to see that the market is bearing higher rental prices so that we can withstand and maintain our properties as buy and hold investors. 
So now just like median sales prices, you can see that our market or the real rental market follows pretty much the exact same thing is where it goes up in the summertime, down in the winter, up in the summertime, down in the winter. Those are our rental cycles. So a way that you can use this if you are a single family landlord or depending on what space you're in is nobody tells you when you, how long a lease you have to put in place. So for every single one of our leases, they end either in March, April, or May, and sometimes June, depending on how many properties we have ending on a certain time frame, is because no matter when we pick it up, we want our properties to at leases to end right in that time frame because the data shows that's when you can get the highest and best rents for your property is right around that April, May, June time frame. So if I have a tenant that moves out in March or ends at March, that means I got April to get the house ready to go, get it back on the market and have the best chance to get that best tenant in there. I know we do it this way and I know a lot of other investors do the exact same thing just because of what this data shows. So it's something that you want to continue to watch and see how the rents really kind of determine what our pricing and our housing is really doing because the rental piece is a big piece of the real estate market. And it's very important, especially if you're looking to do real estate investing long-term from a buy and hold standpoint. So now let's take a look at employment month employment for here in San Antonio. We are just shy of 1.2 million and that is a 3.66 percent increase from this time last year. And we gained about 204 jobs from the previous month. So nothing really crazy to talk about in retrospect as far as the numbers go. Employment, we are sitting at 3.66 and that is a 0.27% decrease from the previous month. So that's fantastic here in San Antonio to see that our unemployment rate is continuing to drop and we are continuing to gain population and gain jobs. So if we go back and look at the other three major, the other three metros that San Antonio from an employment standpoint is doing the best of them all, not from an unemployment standpoint, Austin's got that beat, but the fact that we are still decreasing in our unemployment rate and still expanding our job, our, our, economy as far as employment goes. So I want to show a little uh, picture here of what unemployment really looks like at going back 20 years, which covers basically the last two recessions that we've had between the dot-com bubble and the lending crisis of 2008 or the banking crisis. So you can see COVID in here too, when it really shot through the roof of the unemployment and now it's fallen like a rock. So what I want to continue to see is that unemployment level continue to stay bouncing around in that really like three to three and a half price point, even maybe a little lower than that. Like we got into right before the pandemic down to two and a half uh, percent unemployment. So, but something I want to track, cause you can see in a normal recession that we have unemployment doesn't continue to spike up like this. It ticks up over time, but it's still at a pretty rapid rate as compared to how long it takes for employment to fall back down. So I want to see the unemployment rate continue to fall or level off and stay right around that price point. That means the Fed is doing a great job of maintaining the economy, trying to bring down inflation. So as long as the inflation starts to drop down, they don't have to continue rising interest rates and unemployment stay where it's at, stays where it's at. We are in pretty good shape. Now, caveat to that would be if unemployment does start to rise and the inflation's not coming down, what's something called like stagflation, and it's hard to control. So you can't really raise interest rates without crashing the economy, but you can't keep them low because inflation can run and crash the economy in itself. So something I'm going to continue to watch is definitely this unemployment number as we continue to move forward. So now let's look at months of inventory for June. We were at 1.67 months of inventory, so still well below a balanced market, but we are 0.15 months 
higher than the previous month. In March of 21, just for respect, retrospect, we were at 1.27 months of inventory. And I just want to take a second to talk about inventory and why that is so important, especially in this market right now and why we're watching this so religiously. Like I said, that inventory did just rise 1.5 months and they've rose across the board of all the major metros. And that's not typical for this time of year. Usually when you start hitting April, May, June, July, it's inventory falls to some of its lowest levels throughout the year and never really increases. And we haven't seen that since I've been pulling this data. So it shows that these rising interest rates do have an effect on the market. For every 1% the interest rate goes up, a mortgage gets 12% more expensive. So we're sitting at two, three percentage points higher than we were a few months ago. That shows that mortgages are significantly more expensive and we are seeing that roll over into the current economy and with the housing prices. So I'm not too concerned about it though, because we still are significantly lower than what our average sits at, which should be right around four and a half to five and a half months of inventory is what they quote unquote call a balanced market between buyer and seller. So that's something we are going to continue to watch to see how this develops over time and uh, see which direction this goes. So let's go ahead and break down San Antonio by months of inventory by uh, price range. And I also add in by zip code for here in San Antonio, because like I said, this one's my home market. So I want the most inventory inventory. So what you can really see here is also the number of properties sold. So for us, we like to stay in the entry level price point where the lowest inventory is, as well as the highest sales volume. And you can really see that the highest sales volume sits right around that 250 to 350 price point and into the 400s a little bit. And you can see that uh, some of the lowest inventory is in that price point, which is exactly why we target that information or those price points. Because when you're looking at inventory and price points, you want to see where the most in-demand is by sales volume and the lowest inventory. And you can see it's right in that sweet spot, which is exactly why we invest right there. If the market were to shift in high-end homes, we're going to start doing better from a demand standpoint. We'd shift our investment strategy because we're unemotional about real estate and where we invest. We just invest right where we do right now because that's where the numbers make sense. And that's where they're the most in-demand for buyer, de buyer demand is, and there's not enough sellers meeting that demand. So when we buy houses, we target that specific price point in that price range. So the second way I track information is by zip code for San Antonio, because I want to know where the most in demand is for zip codes. So it shows that it's not just a city, it's not just a price point, but it goes all the way down to zip code that drives our investment strategy. Now I do add what the prices meeting, the median sales prices were two years ago. So you can really show like, Hey, May of 2022, May of 2022, where is the price points or the average price is not median. Sorry about that. What has that done to price points? And you can see that, I mean, just in 78250, which is a massive zip code, prices have gone from 222,000 up to 272,000. It's a $50,000 price increase in just two years. So that means if you would have bought a house, done nothing to it, but rented it out and resold it, it would be worth $50,000 more just because of of what the new value of, of homes are. So like I said, this is a big list of zip codes and we track these things. Our, our investment strategy is driven by not just a city, not just by a price point, but also all the way down to a zip code. So now the caveat to lowest inventory is the highest months of inventory. And now it's not to say any of these are bad zip codes by any means, because you can compare these from 
2020 to 2022 and you can see a lot of these have gone up in price some of them have fallen but a lot of them have still gone up and it's no surprise that the inventory is higher there's more competition so these prices have not increased as much as say the lowest months of inventory and there's more predictability to that now i do have this entire full list of zip codes so if you are interested in getting this i need you to text market to 210-794-9898 and we will text you over the full list of zip codes. So I just want to take a second here at the very end to talk a second about this market with these interest rates and what things are doing. Now, it's by design that the higher raising interest rates is going to put pressure on real estate. Cause like I said, several times for every 1% that a mortgage increases, the price of that mortgage goes up by 12%. So going from three to six is a 36% increase in that exact same house for that exact same mortgage. Now just the payment is significantly higher. So with that, that prices people out and it starts taking buyers out of the market. Cause right now we have a problem of way too many buyers and not enough sellers. So by design, they're taking buyers out out of the market and pricing them out of the market because the payment is what really matters, not so much the price of the home. So now just in the last couple of months, prices have gone up significantly in not only value, but also in the interest rates. So that is putting pressures to slow this market down, which I do think needs to happen. We need to cool this market off because we cannot have continued price increases like this over time. Now I'm hoping that the Federal Reserve does do a great job of slowing this economy down because the longer the prices continue to increase like this, the harder and harder and harder it is for them to control it without doing massive increases. Right now, they're only raising by 75 basis points. If they start doing one, two, three, four, five, like they did back in the 70s and 80s to combat inflation, that will directly affect the real estate market and it will tank that market. Right now, they're doing a good job of keeping it steady, keeping it, slowing it down easily. It's more like applying the brake coming to a stop light or stop sign versus pulling on the emergency brake really come bring it to a screeching halt. So it's something we're going to continue to watch religiously over the next couple months. So feel free to reach out to us on any of the social platforms to ask questions about what we think the current market is and where do we think it's going, or if you want to take this offline and have a longer discussion. But with, with that, that concludes this quarter's all of Texas market update. We will see you guys next quarter. And if you're interested in San Antonio, I'll see you guys next month.
It's getting hot down here. That's the weather, of course, not the real estate market. For the first time since I've been doing these videos the last four years, we're starting to see quite the cool down in the real estate market. Where do you think it's going to show up? Where do you think it's going to go? Stick tuned to this video to find out. So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera, and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. I'm John Barr with an investor's journey, bringing you the best tips, tricks, and strategies to help you succeed in real estate the right way. In this channel, we go over everything that's working in our business and some of the things that are not. And in this video, we're going to go over all four major markets of Texas and show you where the economy currently sits as far as real estate goes. So without further ado, let's get right into it. All right, let's go ahead and get started with the capital city of Austin. For our numbers overview, the building permits issued for the month of May was 1,913 for the single family permits, and that's a 16.9% decrease year over year. Two to four units was at 59 permits. That's a 23.4% decrease year over year. And something interesting for all you multifamily investors out there, builders, developers, that for the apartment complexes, there was 2,680 Permits issue, which is a 43.7% increase year over year. So something very interesting to watch, see if that continues. Average sales price was $683,195, and that is a 16.8% increase year over year. Median sales price is at $575,000, and that is a 21.1% increase year over year. Total sales is at $3,892, and that is a 6.6% decrease from this time last year. Employment is up to 1.3 million, and that is a 5.5% increase year over year. Total jobs lost from the previous month is at 3,471. Not too concerned about a small job like, loss like that, considering we're at an unemployment level of 2.69, which is actually over consider over what they consider full employment on the Federal Reserve, and that is a 0.17% increase from the previous month. So nothing I'm too concerned about right now, but those are numbers that we are going to continuously watch almost religiously to try to determine which way this market is going to go. Months of inventory is sitting at 1.79 and that is a 0.76 month increase from the previous month. And June of 21 was at 0.54. So I want to talk a little bit about months of inventory and why that number is so important. Right now, typically in the summertime, months of inventory usually drops to its lowest levels because the people are moving around about the country. Well, the difference is right now is we have this massively uh, spike in interest rates, which has pushed a lot of people out of the market, and it is starting to create a cool down. I'm not yet too concerned about it, but considering we are starting at such, uh, such abysmal low inventory numbers, but it's something we want to continue to watch. Your balanced market, where they say between that that uh, inventory or supply and demand sits around like four to five, four and a half to five and a half months. Well, we were all the way down to 0.5 this time last year in the city of Austin, and we're still only at 
7.9. So we got a lot of room to grow before we consider it tipping back into a balance market and even further to go into what we consider a, uh, a sell-off or a buyer's market where the buyer has more demand than the seller. So right now we're still in an extremely strong seller's market, but it is softening and it is cooling. So for you investors that are really want to take big risks expecting for massive appreciation in just the next six months, I might rethink that strategy a little bit and tighten up your buying criteria. So let's take a look at the median sales uh, plotted over time. So now what you're really seeing here, I mean, besides the last big spike that we got there in the after the post-pandemic kind of stuff, uh, is your real estate cycles where it typically goes up in the summer, down in the winter, up in the summer and down in the winter. And it kind of get a little bump right around there on Christmas time of everybody trying to buy a house for Christmas. Um, and you can really see what lowering of the interest rates and everything really did and what these ultra-low inventory months really did over the course of this last uh, two years. And it just took prices absolutely through the roof. So that's why everyone's talking talking about right now is like what these interest rates can those the real estate prices sustain these rising interest rates and these higher prices uh for everything because you got to remember for every one percent that a mortgage increases it makes that mortgage payment 12 percent more expensive we're up over two months two percent from just a few months ago so that mortgages are now that house on a payment basis for a mortgage is 24 percent more expensive so that's just something to kind of keep in mind as we continue to move into this uh uncharted waters with the real estate market. So another metric that we track most religiously is the year-over-year -year appreciation. And the reason I started doing this is I wanted to know how much year-over-year -year these houses are really starting to appreciate so I can track these over time as things change in the market, whether it be more inventory or it happens to be uh, rising interest rates or whatever it may be. I want to know the year-over-year -year appreciation rate. And normally you can see that we were sitting around in Austin uh, around like the 7-8% mark and we actually dipped negative there in 2019 when they started rising interest rates um, the last time. So now that we've got this huge boom in uh, lowering of real estate price or interest rates, which has directly affected the price of real estate, as you can see, uh, the Austin got all the way up to a 42, 44.5% year over year appreciation, which is absolutely insane. And now you're starting to see it really kind of start to taper off. And this is something I'm going to continue to watch over the time, especially because I don't think these interest rates have really hit the housing market that hard just yet because of our inventory levels are still so low and people still need housing. So it's going to be very interesting to see how you get that double whammy of rising prices and rising interest rates at the same time to see how well this can sustain over time. But this is exactly why the Federal Reserve raising interest rates, excuse me, is because they have to slow this down down is prices cannot continue to rise like this. Otherwise, they'll never be able to raise interest rates again without crashing massive parts of the real estate market. All right, let's take a look at the inventory levers by price range. And what we're seeing here is I've chopped up the market by $50,000 increments. So you can really see how that big inventory number uh, spreads out across the spectrum of home prices. And what you're going to want to use this data for is really determine when you're looking to buy a house, underwrite a house, what is the inventory level of not just the city or the specific area, but also the price range is why we track this stuff. So for us, we love to stay in that entry level price point. And for Austin, I would consider that anything basically in the three hundred dollars to $500,000 price point, because that is where the lowest months of inventory and typically the highest sales volume really kind of occur. And we do this exact same thing here in San Antonio, which I'll talk about on a later slide. 
Now we're off to DFW, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. The building permits issued for the month of May were at 4047 which is an 18.7% decrease from this time last year. Two to four units at 164 which is a 6.3% decrease year over year. And just like Austin and every other metro, the multifamily space is really aggressively uh issuing permits and we were at 2034 which is a 15.4% increase year over year. Average sales price is up 20.24% to 4039795. Median sales price is up 22.2% to 405000. Total sales is sitting at 9,888, and that is a 0.96% increase year over year. Unemployment is just over 4.1 million, and that is a 6.59% increase from this time last year, which is fantastic news. A little bit disconcerting that they lost 15,000 jobs from the previous month, but unemployment is still sitting at 3.3, which is what I think the Federal Reserve uh, quote unquote calls full employment. And that is a 0.18% increase from the previous month. Months of inventory, we are up to 1.37. That is a 0.45 month increase from the previous month. Just for retrospect, that June of 21 was at 0.72. So I know people skip around to the city that they're going for. And I went over this section in Austin. I want to kind of give a little break after each city of months of inventory, why this is so important. Months of inventory is used as a rate of consumption of uh, the market. And are we in a buyer's and seller's market? So a balanced market between buyer and seller, supply and demand, sits somewhere between four and a half to five and a half months of inventory, depending on who you listen to. And when I say months of inventory, it means if the same rate of consumption of homes from the previous month can continued, how fast would it take for them to consume all of the market, the housing on the open market? And right now we're sitting at 1.37 for uh, Dallas. That means in 1.37 months, all the inventory would be sold. This time last year, we were at 0.72. Now it's very uncommon for inventory to rise in the summertime because people are moving around. This is typically when inventory falls to its lowest levels, but we are now rising. Like this, I just said, we were up 0.45, so almost a half month inventory from the previous month. So that shows that the market is definitely cooling off and it is having a negative reaction to these rising interest rates. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I said, median price is four and a half to five and a half months of inventory. Us sitting at still sub um, one and a half months of inventory means we're still in a very strong seller's market and the sellers have more negotiating power than the buyers. Not as strong as we were in the previous months, but still an extremely strong seller's market. So we're not saying a crash is coming, but the market is definitely softening, but we're just not as hot as we were. Still blazing hot by historical standards, but we are not as hot as we typically were. So this is why we are going to continue to watch this information to see how it develops over time and into the coming months or into the next year. All right, let's move on to the median sales price. We're going back to June 2010. And what you're really seeing here is this up and down, up and down motion. And that is our sales cycles for real estate in all major metros follow the same trend to where they go up in the summer, down the winter, up in the summer, down the winter, and an upward trajectory to the right. And a little bit of a bumpiness near uh, January, December, January timeframe of people trying to buy houses before years end. Now that caveat to that is like this last couple of years, you can exactly see what COVID has done, where it's just kind of skipped the winter season, went flat and just keep rocketing right up. And you can see how much that has really affected. But I want you to kind of take a close look of about mid 2018 
to uh, April 2020. You can really see if you drew a straight line of what the direction was, it kind of really dipped down there in 2018 and 19. And the next thing I want to show you is what I think could potentially happen with these rising interest rates. So take a look at that same time frame of 2018 right up into the pandemic, and you can really see how the market in the overall year-over-year appreciation really slowed down. And what happened during that time frame was the last time that the Federal Reserve was hiking interest rates trying to slow the economy down. So it had a direct effect on real estate, which is what we are I'm anticipating to see now. And what I think actually needs to happen with real estate prices is the payments do need to go up, interest rates do need to rise to level out this market because it's a very dangerous thing for real estate to get that hot that fast because when appreciation does stop and they do rise interest rates enough and if they have to raise two, three, four percent at a time, that's really going to hit our market and could potentially crash it. But right now they're trying to slowly slow it down and start applying the break and not so much the emergency break to the economy so they don't crash it. So just kind of keep that in mind as we're going through this and as we kind of transition from these last couple of years into what a more traditional real estate market should look like. So now let's take a look at the breakdown of inventory by price range. So on this, what I got here is I basically have the entire market broken broken down by $50,000 sales increments. So people can really see where the inventory is and where there's high inventory and low inventory. And as you can see that it's really separated out on kind of left side to the right side, where we use this information is in our market here in San Antonio, we want to target where the most in-demand housing is and where the most sales volume is. And I bet if you were able to break down the sales volume of DFW by price range, the bulk of it would be right there where the most affordable housing is. In Dallas, it looks like it's right there between like 200 to 250 to 500 to 550. And we use this stuff as the inventory levels, not just saying like, hey, the entire area is good because... Uh, all price ranges, the entire and no matter what it is, there's really low inventory. That's not true. That basically, if you break this stuff down, you'll see that, hey, the bulk of the demand is in the lower price point, more affordable homes, which is exactly why we invest there and continue to invest there and watch this information because we want to see where the price ranges definitely shift. We're data-driven investors. We're not emotional about it. If this were to change where, hey, higher level stuff was more in demand and low level was oversupplied, we'd probably switch our strategy over to that. But that's why you have to watch this information. Now let's head over to H-Town, Houston, Texas. Building permits for the month of May were at 4,652, which is a 6% decrease from this time last year. Two to four units was at 112. That's a 24.4% increase year over year. Nothing really surprising because that's a pretty low number. Now, just like the last two markets and in San Antonio as well, the multifamily space was up to 1,405, which is a 226% increase year over year. So all you apartment syndicators and people out there, inventory is coming to the market. And that is something that I would continue to watch if I was in the multifamily space. Average sales price is at 367,000, which is a 15.23% increase year over year. Median sales price is up again at 16.1 to 353,000. Total sales is sitting at 9,622 and that is a 1.67% increase year over year. Employment is sitting at just over 3.3 million and that is a just shy of 5% increase year over year. So employment is looking good. And we gained, uh, Houston gained 17,576 jobs from the previous month. Unemployment still a little high when you compare it to some of the other markets in Texas at 4 
0.27, and that's a 0.12% increase from the previous month. Not too concerning uh, with inventory rising, considering they gained jobs from the last month. It means they just gained a lot of population more than they did jobs. Uh, so that is still not that concerning. Now, if I was to see that start rising 1%, 2% again, and or continue to rise month over month over month, I would start to be concerning what that's going to do to our overall market. Now, month's inventory is at a 1.64, and that is a 0.22 month increased increase from the previous month. Just for retrospect, June of 21 was at 1.2 months. So let's took, take a look at the median sales prices going back to, all the way to June of 2010. And what you're really seeing here is a real estate cycles where it typically goes up in the summer, down in the winter, up in the summer, down in the winter. And then you get that little squiggly line there around the January, December or December, January timeframe. And that's the people trying to buy houses before the end of the year. So you get a little bit of rush right there at the end. And you can really see that it's usually upwards, um, going up a little bit every single year, kind of flatlined a little bit right down to 2018, 19 and into the pandemic when prices just took off through the roof. So that's something that I expect to see start to be the norm again. How long is that going to take? I have no idea, but that is what your standard real estate market cycle looks like, which we have not had for two years. So it's something that I'm going to continue to watch and I expect to happen. So stay tuned every single month so we can see when that's going to start to realize in the data. Something else I also check is the year over year appreciation from June, 2011 to 2022. And the reason I do this is I really want to see how the market is changing based on all the other factors. Because right now, appreciation is still through the roof, as you can see, based on historical standards. It really wasn't like this uh, ever before, before coming out, since coming out of the last real estate or, or the last real estate debacle of 2008, 9, and 10, where things really bottomed out around 2011, 12, and they started to take off from there. So it's something that I want to track over time to see how the market performs and how it's really absorbing based on historical information with these ever-changing real estate market. So now let's take a look at Houston broken down by price range. And what I've done here is I broke up the entire market into $50,000 increments. So what we can really do is determine where is the most in-demand housing and where should you be targeting market based on that data like I told you about that month's inventory. And we really use this information in San Antonio to do exactly that is I want to know where the most in-demand housing in is and I can pretty much tell you just from doing San Antonio that it's usually coincides right along with where's the most uh, sales volume is as well. So that is why we want to target that stuff there is like where's the biggest buyer demand for housing and you can really see in here in Houston it's about that two hundred to four hundred thousand dollar price point of where the most lowest months of inventory is showing the most demand. So when you couple low inventory and high demand that usually means that you're still getting appreciation and there's more buyers trying to buy those houses and then there are sellers. So it's a great place to invest. And we're data-driven investors. These aren't emotions. We don't want to do entry-level housing just because it's entry-level housing. We do it because the inventory and the data shows that that's the best place to do the investing to get the most buyer demand to fill that in. And why I track that stuff so religiously is I want to know in shifting markets, where is the demand shifting? And you go back to, uh, to this last one I did three months ago, over the first quarter and you can really see that how this inventory has shifted and changed and it's mainly changed the biggest on the higher price point stuff which is why i track this stuff and why we don't invest there if it flip-flopped where there was more in-demand housing for high inventories or high priced homes we'd probably switch to that but it's something that we continue to watch as uh the market changes and continues to move forward
So now off to my hometown of San Antonio. And now this is going to look a little different because I put this out every single month versus every quarter, uh, like for the entire state. So I just want more information about it. And it's easier to get versus all the other metros. So building permits issued was a 23.6% decrease of single family homes to 1,064, two to four units at 24, which is 140% increase. Now I got a little bit of a typo here because I don't think you can decline by over a hundred percent, but we went up 1,210 permits for multifamily stuff. Now something's very interesting across all the markets where we saw decreases in single family residential permits, but massive increases, triple digits, quadruple digit increases in the number of permits that were issued for multifamily housing. So that's something I would really be watching if I was in the multifamily space. Like I know some of our audience is average sales price is at $394,612, which is a 17.8% increase from this time last year. Median sales price is at 337,000, which is still up 20.4% increase year over year. So even in this rising interest rates environments, our median prices and average prices are still significantly higher than they were this time last year. So to plot the median sales prices going back to 2010, you can really see what our normal sales cycles look like. And I say normal because it will eventually revert back to this but we don't know when that's actually going to happen. As you can see, these last two years, are um, the median sales price has just been through the roof, skipping wintertime, and just going right into summertime, constantly rising. But the reason I watch this stuff is it cannot continue to rise like that because the longer these prices continue to increase like this, the harder it is going to be for the Federal Reserve to bring the pricing appreciation down without overall correct crashing the market and keeping inflation in check. So keep this in mind that this is what it normally looks like. It goes up in the summer, down in the wintertime, a little bit of price increase right around the November, December, January timeframe, people trying to get into new housing. But it, overall, generally, it goes up a little bit every single month. Given this last couple months, it's just been through the roof. So it's something I'm going to continue to watch and see how this plays out over the next coming months to a year while we get this situation under control as far as inflation goes. Now, right alongside the median sales price, you get the year-over-year -year appreciation going back to June 2011. And why I like to try track this stuff is I want to see what the long-term trend for appreciation really is doing and what where it might be heading. As you can see, we've had extremely high appreciation for these last couple of years, but what our normal historical stuff has been. So that is the numbers I am expecting this to get back down to. I don't expect it to exactly crash unless something drastic happens in the market and the Federal Reserve has to keep raising interest rates to get inflation under control. But this is what our normal of appreciation typically looks like on a year over year basis. So something I'm going to continue to watch to see how this really tracks over time. So total sales for San Antonio is at 3,058, which is a 2.4% decrease year over year. Average rents up 12.2% to $18.49 a month. So that is very good news for us landlords out there because with these price appreciation comes higher taxes and that information does have to get passed down onto the tenants. While I feel for the tenants, it does suck because we, but we do have to have that income to come in, offset that. And you can see it's 20% year-over-year -year appreciation, which they mean could raise your taxes 20%, but the rental price is only up 12. So the investors are taking some of this uh, brunt of these rising prices, but it is good to see that the market is bearing higher rental prices so that we can withstand and maintain our properties as buy and hold investors.
So now just like median sales prices, you can see that our market or the real rental market follows pretty much the exact same thing is where it goes up in the summertime, down in the winter, up in the summertime, down in the winter. Those are our rental cycles. So a way that you can use this if you are a single family landlord or depending on what space you're in is nobody tells you when you, how long a lease you have to put in place. So for every single one of our leases, they end either in March, April, or May, and sometimes June, depending how many properties we have ending on a certain time frame is because no matter when we pick it up, we want our properties to at leases to end right in that time frame because the data shows that's when you can get the highest and best rents for your property is right around that April, May, June time frame. So if I have a tenant that moves out in March or ends at March, that means I got April to get the house ready to go, get it back on the market and have the best chance to get that best tenant in there. I know we do it this way and I know a lot of other investors do the exact same thing just because of what this data shows. So it's something that you want to continue to watch and see how the rents really kind of determine what our pricing and our housing is really doing because the rental piece is a big piece of the real estate market. And it's very important, especially if you're looking to do real estate investing long-term from a buy and hold standpoint. So now let's take a look at employment month employment for here in San Antonio. We are just shy of 1.2 million and that is a 3.66 percent increase from this time last year. And we gained about 204 jobs from the previous month. So nothing really crazy to talk about in retrospect as far as the numbers go. Employment, we are sitting at 3.66 and that is a 0.27% decrease from the previous month. So that's fantastic here in San Antonio to see that our unemployment rate is continuing to drop and we are continuing to gain population and gain jobs. So if we go back and look at the other three major the other three metros that San Antonio from an employment standpoint is doing the best of them all, not from an unemployment standpoint, Austin's got that beat, but the fact that we are still decreasing in our unemployment rate and still expanding our our, our economy as far as employment goes. Just want to show a little, uh, picture here of what unemployment really looks like at going back 20 years, which covers basically the last two recessions that we've had between the dot-com bubble and the lending crisis of 2008 or the banking crisis. So you can see COVID in here too, when it really shot through the roof of the unemployment and now it's fallen like a rock. So what I want to continue to see is that unemployment level continue to stay bouncing around in that really like three to three and a half price point, even maybe a little lower than that. Like we got into right before the pandemic down to two and a half uh, percent unemployment. So, but something I want to track, cause you can see in a normal recession that we have unemployment doesn't continue to spike up like this. It ticks up over time, but it's still at a pretty rapid rate as compared to how long it takes for employment to fall back down. So I want to see the unemployment rate continue to fall or level off and stay right around that price point. That means the Fed is doing a great job of maintaining the economy, trying to bring down inflation. So as long as the inflation starts to drop down, they don't have to continue rising interest rates and unemployment stay where it's at, stays where it's at. We are in pretty good shape. Now, caveat to that would be if unemployment does start to rise and the inflation's not coming down what's something called like stagflation and it's hard to control. So you can't really raise interest rates without crashing the economy, but you can't keep them low because inflation can run and crash the economy in itself. So something I'm going to continue to watch is definitely this unemployment number as we continue to move forward. So now let's look at months of inventory for June. We were at 1.67 months of inventory. So still well below a balanced market, but we are 0.15 months 
higher than the previous month. In March of 21, just for respect, retrospect, we were at 1.27 months of inventory. And I just want to take a second to talk about inventory and why that is so important, especially in this market right now and why we're watching this so religiously. Like I said, that inventory did just rise 1.5 months and they've rose across the board of all the major metros. And that's not typical for this time of year. Usually when you start hitting April, May, June, July, it's inventory falls to some of its lowest levels throughout the year and never really increases. And we haven't seen that since I've been pulling this data. So it shows that these rising interest rates do have an effect on the market. For every 1% interest rate goes up, a mortgage gets 12% more expensive. So we're sitting at two, three percentage points higher than we were a few months ago. That shows that mortgages are significantly more expensive and we are seeing that roll over into the current economy and with the housing prices. So I'm not too concerned about it though, because we still are significantly lower than what our average sits at, which should be right around four and a half to five and a half months of inventory is what they quote unquote call a balanced market between buyer and seller. So that's something we are going to continue to watch to see how this develops over time and uh, see which direction this goes. So let's go ahead and break down San Antonio by months of inventory by uh, price range. And I also add in by zip code for here in San Antonio, because like I said, this one's my home market. So I want the most inventory. So what you can really see here is also the number of properties sold. So for us, we like to stay in the entry level price point where the lowest inventory is, as well as the highest sales volume. And you can really see that the highest sales volume sits right around that 250 to 350 price point and into the 400s a little bit. And you can can see that uh, some of the lowest inventory is in that price point, which is exactly why we target that information or those price points. Because when you're looking at inventory and price points, you want to see where the most in demand is by sales volume and the lowest inventory. And you can see it's right in that sweet spot, which is exactly why we invest right there. If the market were to shift in high-end homes, we're going to start doing better from a demand standpoint. We'd shift our investment strategy because we're unemotional about real estate and where we invest. We just invest right where we do right now because that's where the numbers make sense. And that's where they're the most in demand for buyer, de buyer demand is. And there's not enough sellers meeting that demand. So when we buy houses, we target that specific price point in that price range. So the second way I track information is by zip code for San Antonio, because I want to know where the most in demand is for zip code. So it shows that it's not just a city, it's not just a price point, but it goes all the way down to zip code that drives our investment strategy. Now I do add what the prices meeting, the median sales prices were two years ago. So you can really show like, Hey, May of 2022, May of 2022, where is the price points or the average price is not median. Sorry about that. What has that done to price points? And you can see that, I mean, just in 78250, which is a massive zip code, prices have gone from 222,000 up to 272,000. It's a $50,000 price increase in just two years. So that means if you would have bought a house, done nothing to it, but rented it out and resold it, it would be worth $50,000 more just because of of what the new value of, of homes are. So like I said, this is a big list of zip codes and we track these things. Our, our investment strategy is driven by not just a city, not just by a price point, but also all the way down to a zip code. So now the caveat to the lowest inventory is the highest months of inventory. And now it's not to say any of these are bad zip codes by any means, because you can compare these from 
2020 to 2022. And you can see a lot of these have gone up in price. Some of them have fallen, but a lot of them have still gone up. And it's no surprise that the inventory is higher. There's more competition. So these prices have not increased as much as say the lowest months of inventory. And there's more predictability to that. Now I do have this entire full list of zip codes. So if you are interested in getting this, I need you to text market to 210-794-9898. And we will text you over the full list of zip codes. So I just want to take a second here at the very end to talk a second about this market with these interest rates and what things are doing. Now it's by design that the higher raising interest rates is going to put pressure on real estate. Cause like I said, several times for every 1% that a mortgage increases, the price of that mortgage goes up by 12%. So going from three to six is a 36% increase in that exact same house for that exact same mortgage. Now just the payment is significantly higher. So with that, that prices people out and it starts taking buyers out of the market. Cause right now we have a problem of way too many buyers and not enough sellers. So by design, they're taking buyers out out of the market and pricing them out of the market because the payment is what really matters, not so much the price of the home. So now just in the last couple of months, prices have gone up significantly in not only value, but also in the interest rates. So that is putting pressures to slow this market down, which I do think needs to happen. We need to cool this market off because we cannot have continued price increases like this over time. Now I'm hoping that the Federal Reserve does do a great job of slowing this economy down because the longer the prices continue to increase like this, the harder and harder and harder it is for them to control it without doing massive increases. Right now, they're only raising by 75 basis points. If they start doing one, two, three, four, five, like they did back in the 70s and 80s to combat inflation, that will directly affect the real estate market and it will tank that market. Right now, they're doing a good job of keeping it steady, keeping it, slowing it down easily. It's more like applying the brake coming to a stop light or stop sign versus pulling on the emergency brake really come bring it to a screeching halt. So it's something we're going to continue to watch religiously over the next couple months. So feel free to reach out to us on any of the social platforms to ask questions about what we think the current market is and where do we think it's going, or if you want to take this offline and have a longer discussion. But with, with that, that concludes this quarter's all of Texas market update. We will see you guys next quarter. And if you're into San Antonio, I'll see you guys next month.